The Little Flowers of St. Francis, Chapter 41 How the Venerable Brother Simon Delivered a Brother from a Great Temptation, on account of which he was on the point of leaving the order. About the beginning of the order, and during the lifetime of St. Francis, a young man from Assisi took the habit, whose name was Simon, and the Lord adorned him with such graces and such elevation of mind that of all his life he was a mirror of sanctity, as I heard from those who had lived with him for a long time. He very seldom left his cell, and whenever he was in company with brothers, he always spoke of God. He had never learned grammar, and yet he talked of divine things and of love of Christ in a way so elevated and with such profound wisdom that his words seemed to be supernatural. One evening he went into the wood with Brother James of Massa to speak of God, and they spent the whole night conversing sweetly on divine love. When morning dawned, they seemed to have been together but a few minutes, as the brother James told me himself. Brother Simon was so completely absorbed by these divine communications with God that his spirit was so overflowing with love that he was often obliged to lie down as the tranquil sweetness which came over him with the Holy Spirit required not only the repose of the soul but likewise that of the body. And during these divine visitations he was often wrapped in God, and quite insensible to all outward things. On one occasion, as he was thus wrapped in God, and insensible to the world, his heart was so burning with divine love, that all bodily sensations were deadened. A brother wishing to convince himself, if this really was the case, as it appeared to be, took a piece of burning coal out of the fire and put it on his foot. And Brother Simon neither felt it nor did it leave any mark, though it was left there for some time, until it went out on itself. The said Brother Simon, when he was sat down to his meals before nourishing his body, took and gave to those around him the nourishment of the soul by speaking of God. A young man of San Severino, who had been excessively vain and worldly, and who was of noble blood, and of a delicate habit, was converted by one of the holy conversations of Brother Simon, and entered the order. When he received him into the convent, he took from him his secular dress, and the young man remained with Brother Simon to be instructed in the rule. The devil, who is ever on the watch to do evil, tempted him so strongly in the flesh that he felt it was impossible to resist, and he went to Brother Simon and said to him, Give me back my clothes which I wore in the world, as I cannot resist this temptation of the flesh. Brother Simon, feeling for him great compassion, said to him, Sit down here a while with me, my son. And he spoke to him of God so earnestly that the temptation left him. Shortly after, however, it returned to him, and he again went and asked for his clothes, and Brother Simon delivered him from it by speaking to him of God and he did the same thing several times. At last one night the same temptation assailed him again with such force that he felt it was quite impossible to resist, and he went to Brother Simon and implored him to give him back his secular dress, as he could no longer remain in the convent. Brother Simon, as usual, made him sit down by his side and talk to him of God. The young man listened, and bowing his head sorrowfully, 
laid it on Brother Simon's chest. The latter, filled with compassion, raised his eyes to heaven and prayed that the Lord would have pity on him. As he prayed, he was wrapped in ecstasy, and his prayer was granted. When he came back to himself, he found the young man quite freed from the temptation and as calm as if he had never been assaulted. The evil spirit which had raged in his heart was, as it were, converted into the Spirit of God, for he had approached the burning coal of divine love, that is to say, Brother Simon, and his heart henceforth was inflamed with love of God and of his neighbors, finding himself on one occasion with a malefactor who had been condemned to have both his eyes torn out. He felt such compassion for him that he went bodily to the governor, and in full counsel implored him with tears and prayers to allow him to give one of his eyes, so that the malefactor might not lose both. The governor and all those who, comp who composed his counsel were so touched by the charity of the monk that they forgave the culprit. Brother Simon, being one day in prayer in the forest, and being greatly annoyed by a flock of crows, who disturbed him in his meditation by their cries, he ordered them, in the name of Christ, to go away, and never to return again, and the birds flew away at his command, and were never again seen or heard in all that country around about, and all the farmers of Fermo, where the convent was situated, bore testimony to this miracle. Chapter 42 of several wonderful miracles which the Lord performed through the means of the Holy Brothers. Brother Peter of Monticello and Brother Conrad of Ofido, and how Brother Bentevioglio carried a leper fifteen miles in a very short time, how St. Michael spoke to another brother, and how the Virgin Mary appeared to Brother Conrad and placed her divine son in his arms. As the sky is adorned with stars, so the province of the Marsh of Ancona was in former times adorned with saints and exemplary monks. These, like the bright luminaries of heaven, ornamented the order of St. Francis, and enlightened the world by their doctrine and example. Foremost amongst these was Brother Lucido Antico, in whom indeed shone forth the light of divine charity and holiness. Taught by the Spirit of God, his preaching produced innumerable fruits. Another brother, Binti Vogilio of Severino, was seen by Brother Maceo raised above the earth, as he was praying in the forest, at the sight of which miracle Brother Maceo became a friar minor, and grew so holy that he worked many miracles, both during his lifetime and after his death. He is buried at Muro. The said brother Benti Vogilio, being once all alone at Treve Bonnati, nursing and serving a leper, received an order from his superior to go to another convent fifteen miles off. Not wishing to abandon the poor leper, he placed him carefully on his back and charitably took him with him. Between the dawn of day and rising of the sun, he accomplished the fifteen miles and arrived with his burden at the convent to which he had been sent, which was called the Convent of Monte Sensino. Had he been an eagle, he would never have flown as quickly 
and such a miracle caused great wonder and surprise in the country. Another brother, Peter of Monticello, who was the guardian of the old convent of Ancona, was raised several feet above the earth to the foot of the crucifix before which he was in prayer. This same brother Peter, having once observed the lint of St. Michael, with great devotion, as he was praying on the last day of the fast in the church, was heard to speak with St. Michael by a young man who had hidden himself behind the high altar in hopes of seeing something wonderful. And the words which he heard were these. The saint said to Brother Peter, Thou hast suffered faithfully for my sake, and during many days hast mortified thy body. Wherefore I am come to comfort thee, and whatever grace thou wishest to ask of God I will obtain for thee. Brother Peter answered, Most holy prince of celestial hosts of saints, faithful servant of divine love, the pious protector of souls, this is the grace I ask of thee, namely, that thou obtain from God the pardon of my sins. And St. Michael answered, Ask some other grace, as this I will most easily obtain. And as Brother Peter asked for nothing else, the archangel added, Through the faith and devotion which thou hast to me, I will not only obtain for thee this grace, but likewise many others. And when the conversation, which had lasted some time, was ended, the archangel departed, leaving Brother Peter greatly comforted. At the same time lived Brother Conrad of Ophida, in the convent of Ferrano, in the province of Ancona, were raised Brother Peter. Having gone one day into the forest to meditate on God, Brother Peter followed him to see what would befall him, and Brother Conrad began to implore the Virgin Mary with great favor and devotion to obtain from her beloved son that he might experience somewhat of the sweetness which St. Simon experienced the day of the purification when he held in his arms Christ, the Blessed. Having finished his prayer, the Virgin Mary obtained his request, and behold, the Queen of Heaven appeared with her beloved Son in her arms, in great splendor, and approaching Brother Conrad placed the Holy Child in his arms. He received him most reverently, and embraced him, and clasped him in his arms. His heart overflowed with burning and divine love, and inexpressible consolation. Brother Peter, who witnessed this scene at a distance, felt likewise in his soul great sweetness and joy. And the Virgin Mary having departed from Brother Conrad, Brother Peter hastened back to the convent, that he might not be seen. But when Brother Conrad arrived, full of joy and happiness, and Brother Peter said to him, O oh, brother, thou hast been greatly comforted to-day. And Brother Conrad answered, what sayest thou, Brother Peter? How dost thou know? Hast thou seen me? I know, answered Brother Peter. The Virgin Mary, with the blessed Son, has visited thee. And Brother Conrad, who, through great humility, wished to keep secret the grace to which God had favored him, entreated Brother Peter not to tell any one what he had witnessed. From henceforth so great was the love which existed between these two brothers that they seemed to have but one soul and one heart and one mind in all things. The said brother Conrad, being once in the convent of Suraulo, delivered a woman who was possessed by the devil. By praying for her a whole night, and her mother having known it, 
he left the place in the morning that he might not be discovered and honored by the people. Chapter 43 How Brother Conrad of Ophida Converted a Young Brother Who Was a Stumbling Block to the Other Brothers, and How After Death His Soul Appeared to Brother Conrad, Begging Him to Pray for Him, and How Through His Prayers He Was Delivered from the Great Pains of Purgatory. The life of the said Brother Conrad of Ophida, the great advocate of evangelical poverty and of the rule of St. Francis, was so exemplary, so meritorious in the sight of God, that Christ the Blessed honored him with many miracles, not only after his death, but likewise during his life, among others, being once on a visit to the convent of Ophida, and the brothers begged him, for the love of God and holy charity, to reprove a young brother, who was in the said convent, and whose conduct was so puerile, so disordered, and his manners so dissolute, that he distracted both the young and old brothers at divine office, and carried but little to observe any of the rules of the order. At the request of the brothers, and out of compassion to the said young man, Brother Conrad called him to him, and reproved him, with so much charity, with most complete change, took place in his heart, and the desolate young man was converted into an edifying brother. He became so obedient, so meek, and so devout, so anxious to do what was right, and so ready to serve others, and so zealous in the practice of every virtue, that the brothers to whom he had hitherto been a stumbling-block found in him such comfort and such satisfaction that they loved him dearly. Shortly after his conversion, it pleased God to take him out of this world, and his death caused great sorrow to the brothers. A few days after his soul had left his body, it appeared to Brother Conrad as he was in prayer before the altar of the convent, and saluted him as his father. Brother Conrad asked him who he was, and he answered, I am the soul of the brother who died a few days ago. And Brother Conrad said to him, My beloved son, how is it with thee? And the soul answered, By the grace of God, and through the teaching, I have cause to be thankful. For I am not damned, but because of the certain sins of which I had not time to repent when I was in the world, I am suffering the pains of purgatory. And I pray thee, Father, as thou hast compassion on me when I was in life, to help me now by thy prayers, and say for me some potters, for thy prayers are most acceptable to God. And Brother Conrad, continuing his devotions, said for him a potter with a requiem. And the soul said, O dear Father, I am greatly refreshed already, and I pray thee to repeat the prayer for me. And Brother Conrad did as he had begged. And the soul said again, Ah, thou prayest for me, my sufferings are relieved. Wherefore, I implore thee not to cease to pray for me. And Brother Conrad, seeing that the soul of the young man was relieved by his prayers, said to his, said in his intentions a hundred potters, and when they were finished, the soul said to him, I thank thee, dearest father, in the name of God, for thy great charity towards me. Through thy prayers I have been delivered from the pains of purgatory. And the soul departed. 
Brother Conrad, in the order to comfort and console the brothers, related to them the vision, and the soul of the young brother went to heaven through the merits and prayers of Brother Conrad. Chapter 44 How the Mother of Christ and St. John, the Evangelist, appeared to Brother Conrad, and told him who had suffered the greatest sorrow at the Passion of Christ. When Brother Conrad and the above-mentioned Brother Peter, who were the two shining lights of the province of Ancona lived together in the convent of Forano. Such love and charity existed between them that they seemed to have but one heart and one soul, and they made a pact between themselves that they would make known to each other and share every mercy which the Lord should send them. Having made this arrangement, it happened one day as Brother Peter was praying and meditating devoutly on the Passion of Christ, and how his blessed mother and St. John the Evangelist and St. Francis were represented at the foot of the cross, as having been crucified with Christ in mental sufferings. He felt a great wish to know which of the three had suffered the greatest sorrow on account of the Passion of Christ, the mother who had given him birth, the disciple who had laid his head on his bosom, or St. Francis, who was crucified, as it were, with him. As he was meditating on this, the Virgin Mary appeared to him, and St. John the Evangelist and St. Francis, all clothed in celestial vestments of the Beatified. And St. Francis seemed to be more richly dressed than St. John. And Brother Peter was greatly terrified by this vision. But St. John comforted him, saying, Do not fear, dear brother, for we are come to enlighten thy doubts. Know then that the Mother of Christ and I his disciple, have suffered above every other creature at his passion, and after us St. Francis has suffered more than all the others, and this is why thou seest him in such glory. And Brother Peter said, Most holy apostle of Christ, why art the vestments of St. Francis more beautiful than thine? Because, answered St. John, when he was in the world he wore a more humble dress than mine, and having said these words, he gave to Brother Peter a glorious vestment he had in his hand, saying, Take this dress which I have brought for thee. And St. John, being about to put it on him, Brother Peter fell down in terror and began to cry out, Brother Conrad, Brother Conrad, haste thou to help me. Come and see most wonderful things. And as he said these words, the vision disappeared, and Brother Peter related to Brother Conrad all he had seen, and they returned thanks to God together. Chapter 45 Of the Conversion, Life, Miracles, and Death of Holy Brother John de la Pina When Brother John de la Pina was a little child in the province of Ancona, a beautiful child appeared to him one night, and calling him, said, John, go to Santo Stefano, where one of my friar miners is preaching. Listen to his word, and believe the doctrines he teaches, for I have sent him to thee. After that thou shalt make a great journey, and then come to me. And the child John arose, and was greatly troubled in mind. On reaching Santo Stefano, he found a great multitude of men and women waiting to hear a sermon, and he, who was about to preach, was a monk named Philip, who was one of the first monks who had visited Ancona. 
as they were but few convents established in that province. And the said brother Philip stood up to preach, and he did not so, and he did so most devoutly, not with words of worldly wisdom, but inspired by the Spirit of Christ. He announced the kingdom of eternal life, and the sermon being ended, the child went to brother Philip and said to him, Father, if thou wilt receive me into the order, most willingly will I do penance, and serve the Lord Jesus Christ. And Brother Philip, seeing the great innocence of the child, and his earnest desire to serve God, said to him, Come to me on such a day, in Rinchianti, and I will receive thee. Now a provincial chapter was being held at Rinchianti, and the child, in his simplicity, fancied that was the journey he was to make according to the vision, and that after having accomplished it he would go to heaven, which he thought likewise would be soon as he had been received into the order. He went accordingly to Rinchianti, where he was received into the order by Brother Philip, seeing that it did not happen to him as he had expected, and the head of the chapter, having said that if any one wished to go to the province of Provenza for the merit of holy obedience, he would most willingly give him permission, and Brother John, feeling a great desire to go there, thinking in his heart that would be the journey to which to make before he was to go to heaven, but not having courage to say so, he confided his wish to Brother Philip, and entreated him to obtain for him permission to go to the province of Provenza. And Brother Philip, seeing his purity and the holiness of his intention, obtained for him the permission he wished for, and the little brother John set out on his way most joyfully, as he believed that the journey being ended he would go to heaven. But it pleased God that he should remain in the said province twenty-five years, always looking forward to the day of his departure, and living in great simplicity, setting a most holy example in increasing in virtue, and in favor with God and man. He was much beloved by the seculars and well, as well as the brothers, and Brother John, being one day in prayer, weeping and lamenting that his wish was never accomplished, and his pilgrimage here below so lengthened, Christ the Blessed appeared to him, and he felt in his soul that he melted away. And the Lord said to him, My son, Brother John, ask me what thou wilt. And he answered, My Lord, I have not else to ask of thee but thyself, as I desire not else, but I ask thee to forgive my sins and to grant me the grace that I may see thee once more, when I shall have the greatest need of thy presence. And Christ the Blessed answered, Thy request is granted. And having said these words, he departed, and Brother John was greatly comforted. At last the brothers of the province of Ancona, having heard of the fame of his sanctity, persuaded the general of the order to command him, out of holy obedience, to return to Ancona. No sooner had the order reached him than he set out, most joyfully, hoping on arriving he would go to heaven, according to the promise of Christ. On arriving in the province, he lived there thirty years, and was not recognized by any of his relations. Every day he expected that 
Through the mercy of God, the promise would be accomplished. During this time, he often filled the office of guardian with much discretion, and the Lord performed many miracles for him. Among the other gifts he had received from God was the spirit of prophecy. Being once absent from the convent, one of his novices was so strongly tempted by the devil that he determined to leave the order soon as Brother John should return. Brother John, having been informed by the spirit of prophecy of the temptation and of the decision of the novice, hastened back to the convent, and having called the novice and ordered him to go to confession. But before he did so, he related to him all his temptations, as the Lord had revealed them to him, and ended by saying, My son, as thou hast waited for me, and wouldst not go anywhere, any way, without my blessing, the Lord has had pity on thee, and thou not only wilt not leave the order, but thou shalt die in it, in the grace of God. And the said novice remained in the order and became a holy brother, and these things were related to him by brother Ugoliono. And the said brother John, whose mind was so happy and so calm, very seldom spoke, he was a man of prayer and very seldom returned to his cell after the night's devotions, but remained in the church till morning. One night after prayers, the angel of God appeared to him and said, Brother John, thy life is ended, and the moment thou hast so ardently desired is arriving, and I make known to thee from God that thou mayest ask of him what grace thou wilt. I likewise announce to thee that thou mayest choose between one day in purgatory or seven days of sufferings in this world. And Brother John, having chosen the seven days of suffering in the world, fell ill immediately and was afflicted with diverse diseases. And for he had a great fever and the gout in his hands and feet, all also a pain in his side and many other sufferings, but what was worse than all of this was the devil who stood before him holding a large paper on which was written all the sins he had ever committed, in thought or in deed. And the devil said to him, Because of these sins which thou hast committed, in thought, word, and deed, thou art condemned to the depths of hell. And it seemed to him as if he had never done anything good, any good action in his life. He even forgot that he was in the order, or he had ever been in it, and believed he was damned, as the devil said he was, so that when the brothers asked him how he was, he answered, I am most unhappy because I am damned. And the brothers seeing this sent for an aged brother named Brother Matthew of Monte Robiano, who was a holy man and a great friend to Brother John. When the said brother Matthew arrived, the seventh day of his sufferings was approaching, and going near him he asked him how he was. Very ill, was the answer, and very unhappy, because I am damned. And brother Matthew said to him, Dost thou not remember that thou hast often confessed to me, and I have absolved thee of all thy sins? Dost thou not likewise remember that thou hast served God for many years in this holy order? Dost thou not know that God is merciful, and his mercy is greater than all the sins in the world, and that Jesus Christ, the blessed our Savior, gave himself for our salvation? 
have good hope, for I know of a certainty that thou wilt be saved. And as he spoke, the end of the trial arrived, and the temptation disappeared, and Brother John was greatly comforted, and he said to Brother Matthew, My dear brother, thou art tired, and it is late. I pray thee go and take a little rest. But Brother Matthew would not leave him. Yielding, however, at last to his prayers, he went to take a little rest, and Brother John remained alone with a monk who served him. And Christ the Blessed appeared in great glory, as he had promised to appear to him once more, when he should be in great need of him. And he healed him of all his infirmities, and Brother John joined his hands, and thanked God for having permitted him to end the long journey of the present miserable life in the arms of Jesus Christ, to whom he confided his soul, passing from this mortal life to life eternal with Christ the Blessed, whom he had so long wished and desired to see. Brother John was buried in the convent della Pina de San Giovanni. Chapter 46 How Brother Pacifico, being in prayer, saw the soul of Brother Eumile, his brother in the flesh, go up to heaven. After the death of St. Francis, two brothers of the province of Ancona entered the order. One was named Brother Eumile, and the other Brother Pacifico. Both attained a great degree of perfection and sanctity. Brother Eumile lived in the convent of Staffiano, died there. Brother Pacifico lived in another convent at some distance. It seemed that it pleased God that Brother Pacifico, being one day in prayer in a solitary place, was wrapped in ecstasy, and saw the soul of his brother, which had just left his body, go straight to heaven without any hindrance. Many years after this, Brother Pacifico was sent to the convent of Staffiano, where his brother had died. At that time, when the monks, at the demands of Brother Brufort, changing their convent for another, and were removing the remains of the holy brothers who had died there, when the grave of Brother Eumile was opened, his brother took his bones, and having washed them in wine, wrapped them carefully in a white napkin, and weeping over them, kissed them with great devotion. The other brothers were much surprised that he should set them such a bad example, and could not understand how a man so holy could show such an early affection towards his brother, and honor his remains so far above those of other monks, who, not having been less holy than Brother Eumile, were worthy of the same honor. And Brother Pacifico, knowing how he was misjudged by the brothers, humbly explained to them his conduct, saying, My most dear brothers, do not be surprised if I have honored the bones of my brother above those of other monks, for thanks be to God, it is not through carnal affection that I have done so, but because when my brother left this life I was praying in a solitary place very far from the convent where he lay dead, and I saw his soul go straight up to heaven, wherefore I am sure that his bones are holy." and will be honored in heaven. If the Lord had revealed to me the same thing of the other monks, I should have treated their remains with equal reverence, and the brothers being convinced that his intentions were holy and just, were greatly edified by what he had told them, and praised God who did such wonderful things for his holy monks.